What's up everybody and welcome back to the Crimson Gaming Corner, your one-stop shop for everything gaming happening here at the University of Utah. I am your host Jackson Day and today I'm joined by some of your new officers from Crimson Gaming. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good, how are you? Good, Pretty perfect. Good. Do you guys just want to go and introduce yourselves, um, maybe like your role or title, uh, and then go ahead and say like favorite game or something? Sure thing. So my name's Amanda, aka Rose the Wolf on the Crimson Gaming server. I am the new director of competitive. Um, and one of my favorite games is Halo. Yeah. I started out as one of the captains of Halo. It was myself and Jesse, aka Shoop the Hoopla, that started the oh. Halo team within Crimson Gaming. Cool. Is it Halo Infinite currently or just the whole series? Yeah, Halo okay. Infinite. We've opened it up to MCC or any games prior for anyone that wanted to compete in that. The hard part's just finding tournaments. Yeah, but cool. Well, then, yeah, go ahead. Uh, my name is Breck, uh, and my Discord name is the exact same thing. Uh, I am the management director, so I am in charge of just making sure everything flows really well and, you know, we don't have any crazy things happen during events. Um, my favorite games are I am a huge D&D nerd. I'm also presidency for the Dungeons and & Dragons and Stuff Club. And I also just love Pokemon. Oh, nice. We actually did a couple uh, episode, like, fully analyzing Scarlet and Violet. And I've never played a Pokemon game. Oh, no. But I've, like, never been more interested in Pokemon than hearing, like, the story analysis, I guess, of Scarlet and Violet. There's some crazy stuff, it sounds like. If you want to hear some crazy stuff, um, the Pokemon game director for CG, Michael, knows some crazy stuff. (laughs) And, like, he knows the statistics of everything and i was like hey what's the chance of this happening he's like oh it's this that's insane (laughs) full respect to people who are able to remember all that i feel like i'm jumping between games all the time i barely remember what game i played last week so (laughs) props to that i mean that new legend of zelda movie wait wrong game (laughs) tears of the you mean the new trailer yeah oh my gosh i need to watch the trailer i i haven't watched it yet because i literally played breath of the wild this week for the first time i finished ganon before coming here (laughs) Awesome. You're you're ready to go then. What did you think? It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I can see why people are excited for uh, a sequel. Yeah. Cool. I so this is funny. You you've seen it. The last couple of directs and trailers have been like, "Oh, like obviously I'm excited. Like Breath of the Wild is probably like my number one favorite game." And so obviously I'm excited, but these last couple of trailers haven't really been doing it for me, I guess. Like the mechanics look cool and I'm really excited. I'm just ready to get my hands on it. This new trailer, I was like I want to spend hours just analyzing every little thing. I'm such a nerd about all of it. So, <laughs> yeah, that was one of like one of the best trailers. I feel like that we that's exactly what we needed for that. Um, we also have a couple people, a couple officers missing, uh, just due to scheduling conflicts and work and stuff. Um, Pablo, who some people already know from our Destiny 2 Lightfall review uh, review episode, whatever. Um, his title is specifically... He is the community director as well as the marketing director. Okay, sweet. Um, and then we are also missing Preston, who is the executive director. Is he the big fan of Elden Ring? I don't think oh, okay. so. The only... I know he, he's got a lot of different games he really likes to okay. play, but the thing he's mostly known for is playing SAO abridged at events. Essay, like, Sword Art Online? Yeah, like, oh, okay. the, the abridged, like, YouTube series. So, like, huh. throw it up on the screen sometimes. Interesting. 
we're going to get into a little bit of housekeeping before we get into a couple of our topics. Uh, once again, this is the Crimson Gaming Corner, a gaming podcast from GeekWave, where we chat with random guests like you to recap all the gaming stuff happening both here at the University of Utah and all across the world. Uh, you can find this podcast on all your favorite podcasting sites. Make sure to like and share, uh, give us a rating, and then follow all of our socials. We've got Instagram and Twitter at the underscore GeekWave and TikTok at the GeekWave. Uh, we also have a Discord that we use probably less than we should. Um, but yeah, make sure to follow all of those to stay up to date with everything we're doing. Um, also make sure to check out our website. We had a couple reviews go out, one for Dredge, a horror fishing game from Black Salt Games, as well as Terra Nil from Devolver Digital and uh, Free Lives is the studio for that. Um, and then we also had our Creed 3 reactions go up. Uh, that was on our Wishful Thinking podcast. And then make sure to check out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 predictions should be coming out pretty soon. Um, you guys have the banquet going on tomorrow, so this episode probably won't come out in time to shout that out. But is there anything else you guys want to shout out? Um, well, there isn't going to be anything else this semester. Yeah. Uh, we usually, at the beginning of the year, have a few like opening socials events that are always a lot of fun. We normally get like pizza and some snacks, and it's just a, it's a fun time. You're going to meet a lot of other gamers and sometimes play some really strange games that some other people bring. Interesting. That's what gets me excited is the strange game. Pablo introduced me to like this studio that has some really strange games that I've never heard of. And I haven't given him a chance yet, but like he also sent me like a three hour uh, video documentary of like how they relate with religion or something. And it was fascinating. <laughs> like I don't even know where to begin with all that. Um, but cool. And that's going to be beginning of the semester like probably yeah. a Friday or something. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like a Friday, like the third week of okay. classes. Cool. Well, then, yeah, make sure to go to that, meet a bunch of other gamers, and play a bunch of weird games. Cool. Then let's get into our first topic of today, uh, which is just kind of giving a brief explanation, I guess, of what is Crimson Gaming for those who don't know. Um, I was just figuring you guys can give a little bit of insight of what is Crimson Gaming, what are some of the events you guys do, um, and what are just some things that, why people should come to some of your events? Well, Crimson Gaming is the video game club on campus. It's one of the largest clubs here at the University of Utah. We do, for the most part, bi-weekly socials. You get together, you bring your consoles, bring your tabletop games. Some people get together to do D&D campaigns. And it's just a great blast to meet new people. And we have a Discord server where people can interact in their own um What's the term? Capacity? Yeah, their own capacity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also we have the competitive set right here where people can ca where people can make their teams and go out and compete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we do like a lot of online stuff on Discord too. Like we'll, we'll do like, for example, every Saturday there's a shiny night. So even if you don't want to necessarily sh go hunt some shinies and Pokemon and stuff, you can buy while a couple of us are, you know, trying yeah. to go find, you know, a shiny Rowlet in our Legends Arceus or something like that. And I know Destiny does stuff too fairly frequently. I don't play that though, so yeah. I don't know I mean, specifically. <laughs> I can shed a little bit of I haven't joined any of those calls, but like I know Pablo will like walk people through raids or they'll do raids on their own or just help out new people hopping into Destiny is what he shouted out the most, which is something much needed for Destiny. So yeah. Um I know going on the competitive side, the teams are really like pretty much anything can get a team. I was part of the Splatoon team for a little bit, which crazy to me that that's actual eSport thing. But are there any other cool ones? Any other cool teams? I mean, I you know I'm Halo. biased. I say we have an awesome Halo team. Um, 
I'm trying to remember the ones that are not varsity off the top of my head because I know we have an Overwatch varsity team, we have a Valorant varsity team, we have League of Legends varsity, but for some other teams, um, let's see, we have Apex, we have oh, yeah. CSGO, we have Rainbow Six Siege. I think we had a Dota and a Smite at some point. Huh. I know we used to have a Smite. We have COD. Yeah. And for all the varsity teams that you mentioned, that's now like up on their Twitch, they're usually live streaming like pretty yeah. much every single game, right? Yep, so that would be under AJ's umbrella. I yeah. have no jurisdiction over them. Right. But for the most part with Overwatch, while AJ does have a varsity team, we also have a a more casual club team right here. Yeah. But within the specifics of that, I do not know, yeah. sadly. Well, I've also heard from some of the varsity players that they kind of got started with the Crimson Gaming, just club team. I guess it's club team, right? Yeah. Club team, and then that kind of helps them keep their skills up, but also meet some of the potential players that go to varsity. So if anyone's interested in going to that higher level, this is like a great place to start out, at least in between seasons. But yeah, AJ does have some specifics he's looking for to contemplate to have a game, whether or not they'll be varsity, but either way, it would be part of my job to help advocate for that if there is a potential to be varsity. Oh, nice. Cool. So how much do you guys, I guess, work with the varsity? I feel like that's something that I always get confused. I think I think the other officers are more hands-off on that. I think that's just mostly within my jurisdiction, unless you guys need something from from varsity yeah. <laughs> like if we have an esports night then maybe they're like manda go go do your thing i'm like <laughs> I, i'll do my best it, it, it's mostly uh, if we ever want to do anything we're like hey amanda you're in charge have fun bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah for the most part when we had our esports night a couple of weeks ago valorant team really came out i know halo yeah. attempted to show up but everyone was just more excited for valorant yeah that's which I guess personal bias, I'm much more willing to play Halo than Valorant. Yeah, because we had Halo Infinite out, and then yeah. we had Eric, a.k.a. Grim Dagger 423 who's one of the current captains of Halo, of the Halo team. He came out also with Halo 5. Oh, gotcha. That's There's fun. a competitive scene for Halo 5? I think kind it's of? on and off. There are yeah. still some tournaments I see. I've begun seeing some tournaments for Halo 3 pop up. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, everything's just focused on Halo Infinite because that's where everything is. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, and we, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that later with some of the other topics that we have because I've hopped into Halo Infinite a bit and I'm curious to know where it's at, but we will save that for later. Um, kind of continuing on a little bit of stuff of Crimson Gaming. Um, I'm just curious of like what brought you guys onto the team or like what what was, what is cool about Crimson Gaming enough that you guys were like, yeah, I really want to be a part of this. And we're, what brought you guys to the leadership team? So, um, fun fact, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons and Stuff Club is nestled inside the Crimson Gaming Discord. And I was, I wanted to find D&D players, so I originally joined the server for that. But the Pokemon section of the server was really cool, and they kind of just dragged me in. <laughs> and I just decided to keep helping people out and, you know, make it so other people have that opportunity where they get dragged into, you know, other clubs and yeah. get to find things that they enjoy. Which... I guess we can go off. If anyone hasn't joined the Crimson Gaming Discord, I'll have a link in the description. But pretty much it's just, like, you've got your general chats and you've got, like, the watch party stuff. And pretty much there's usually a couple people, I feel like, in the channel or the voice channels pretty much all the time, I feel like. At least that's what I notice. Um, but then you have specific chats for, like, I feel like every game from A to Z that has a community. Which is crazy to me. Like, I'm always impressed with how you guys are, were able to do that. Is, is that, like, 
how would you guys go about adding, I guess, games to that? So we actually have a nice little process for this. Uh, basically, people can go ahead. There's a nice little thread. They go ahead and they're like, you know, what we want we want a channel for Stardew Valley. Well, we already have that, but um, you go ahead and people can upvote it. And so oh, yeah. when it gets to a certain number of votes, I believe our current one is like seven or something like that. We'll start. We'll we'll pull a meeting and be like, hey, is this something we want to do? Is this a thing that we can think would have a, a good community going for it? Um, have we had this before? Did it not go well? Because like we've we've had to pull down some some games just because like no one's chatting on yeah. them. Well, it's also like I would say games can get you know really like games come out and there's a huge community for them and it just dies off. So yeah, that makes sense. And, and some things we can just put in something else, or we can like for example, people were like, oh man, I really want Pokemon Go. So we made like a Pokemon Go like sub thing in the Pokemon oh, area, yeah. and then we had like a I think I don't know if we've set it up yet, but we we're discussing putting in like a the mobile game things into like the just oh, yeah. general game categories. Cool. Is there any other like things you want to shout out about that whole Discord server? Any cool tidbits or anything with the chats? Or I know there's like a million roles too, as so you can like specifically define what you are looking for with the community. Um, if you want to see all the games and not get pinged, I recommend getting the all games uh, role. It's yeah. it's just nestled in with all the other ones. It's really great because I get to see what's going on and who's all chatting in what server. I don't get any of the pings though. Oh, interesting. Because they always do at Pokemon, but I don't have the. At, well, yeah. I actually do have the at Pokemon role, but, <laughs> but I don't yeah. have like the Destiny role. So when they go at Destiny, I don't get pinged, but I can still see. Oh, hey, people are playing around. So if you're curious about other games, that's a good way to do it. Um. But uh, overall, just kind of find games that you really love and just, if, even if there's not a channel for it, there's probably someone else who's happy to chat with you about oh, it. Oh, for sure. And for some of those games that are, are that are within the Red Crimson Gaming Discord, uh, that they most likely have their own Discord channel, mostly for their team, but some are transforming into like their own little sub club, if you will. So I'd say don't hesitate to just reach out and be like, hey, can I play with you guys? Or, hey, can I take part in your scrims? Or, yeah. hey, where can I find a tryout? Or just simply playing with them. Just simply reaching out to, like, the game president or the captains or one of the players. Just mm -hmm. type a message. <laughs> see what happens. Well, this is something we mentioned in the GameCraft episode last uh, last episode. Just you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott, whatever the other quote is. But, yeah, just reach out and... If you're interested in playing, there's no harm in sending a message unless, I don't know, what's the worst that can happen? They say no, which I don't think anyone really, gamers are really chill. Like, of course they're going to want to play with you. And the thing is, like, we keep, there's there's moderators that keep an eye out, so we're not yeah. going to have anybody just come out and just say horrible things like you're on a voice call and something, you know? Yeah, it's a pretty safe community. Yeah. Cool. Well, as the new officers looking kind of forward to next semester we have the opening or you guys have the opening socials is there anything else you guys are like looking forward to for next semester or anything that you guys are interested in kind of trying out or i don't know i feel like i want to get more watch parties going for competitive because it was either this this semester or this last semester we had a board officer organize a watch party for a league of legends championships i think it was uh, last semester yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah. i want to i want to see if we can encourage more of that's try to reach out more to those game captains like hey why don't we stir up this community why don't we have a watch party yeah i know off the top of my head that the halo captains want to organize a watch party for when hcs worlds take place that's going to be live streamed mm -hmm. in october from seattle gotcha and that would be for the 
not specifically U of U esports, just like esports yeah. events in general? Yeah, just like inviting those that love Halo within Crimson Gaming or within the student body say, hey, come down, let's watch these amazing pros do get yeah. out for world champions for the second year of Halo Infinite. Mm -hmm. And it's quite a sight to watch. Yeah, I've, I always try to tune in to, even if I don't care about the game, like Valorant, for example, tuning into some of those, and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, I'm curious, is there any plan for doing, with our kind of varsity esports program steadily becoming more and more, I guess, out there with the Twitch stream and the production team that's associated with that, is there any plans of doing watch parties for those as well? If you're allowed to say, we probably you know. can. Um, I actually haven't thought about it, okay. but um, but I'll have to see what AJ suggests. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, nor do I. And see it will really depend on, on what events we want to do, because yeah. like there's only so much time in a semester to do events and stuff, and, and it I'm, has to it, it'll it have to be at a time where we can do watch the Twitch stream at a time that'd be appropriate for people to go do it, because you know we can't really do it like Tuesday yeah. nine a.m. if that's when they're streaming. A lot and of those are... college students first too. We're yeah. we're here for one thing. Everything else is secondary, unfortunately. No, I I was about to say that same thing. If you weren't going to of like <laughs> for anyone who's going into like yeah, just students first, and then this is all secondary. But yeah, and a couple of those esports streams are at like kind of awkward times just because it's tournament first it's not really like they do a great job with the Twitch streams and the Twitch VODs just sometimes it can be in awkward times um cool so also continuing to look forward to the next semester are there anything that the club members themselves can look forward to for next semester or um any yeah so uh, we haven't picked out what events we're doing for sure next semester, but we like to do like a lot of console nights. So what we'll do is, for example, like Nintendo night, and people will whip out their you know random consoles. Like I always bring my GameCube, and like so, like we had a massive like full game of like classic Nintendo DS oh. Mario Kart going, yeah. and then we also had like Smash Bros Melee going. And it's just, those kinds of nights are always fun, and we'll do them for, like, PlayStation and, mm -hmm. and uh, the Microsoft get systems, too. But, like, those kinds of nights are always a huge success, and I really, I'm, I hope we bring it back next year because they were just so much fun. And then this year we also did a gamer event for, like, Pride. That would probably be next spring semester again. Oh, yeah. Because that's when we do Pride here mm -hmm. at the U. But uh, that, we, I... It's we got an award for that event, so I imagine nice. we'll uh, imagine we'll that will come it. back. Yeah, I want to try to see if we could do another Halloween event where we just dressed up in costumes. That was a lot of fun. It got a little bit chaotic this last one with just things happening, but it was just so crazy. It was so fun. Everyone came nice. with some fun costumes and accessories. Cool. Yeah, no, those sound great. Uh, I guess ending off this topic specifically of just what is Crimson Gaming, obviously. Um, with the new semester, is there anything that you recommend new members, like, is there anything you recommend for new members looking to participate more um, or looking to just get more involved, I guess? So I recommend just going and hanging out, doing the events, hopping on VC, chatting with the people there. Um, there's not going to be a ton of stuff until the events start coming up, but if, uh, if it, you really want to help with, like, doing helping out with like the events and stuff 
I recommend we have this nice little um, Crimson Gaming affiliate role you can pick up and we have like a suggestions box where you can start chatting and give recommendations. That's where I started was mm -hmm. I just was like, hey, this is a nice way to help. Yeah. And then we usually open up applications for like the board officers fairly early into the semester. So just gotcha. keep an eye open for that yeah. if you would be interested in that kind of thing. Anything on the more eSport side or pretty much the same um, thing? Simply put, yeah, just go into the Discord and take a look. Just reach out to someone. Just I said it earlier, just type a message, see what happens for the most part. Yeah. Um, I will say that I'll, the only caveat, and I said this earlier, is that these teams likely have their own Discords. They may not always be active in the red Discord or the main Crimson Gaming Discord, so... Yeah. It may take a bit to get a response. Like, I know our... Smash channels are usually pretty quiet. Every mm -hmm. so often, we'll get like, "Hey, do you guys do Smash competitions?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, here's the Discord." But that can sometimes take like a day or two, because just because you know people are yeah. busy and stuff. So don't if you don't get an immediate response, that's okay. It's people sure. will get back to you eventually. I mean, once we, well, I mean, once fall semester rolls around, we start tabling for the club fair. Like that's also one of the best ways to get info for competitive is because we will have a full list of teams that mm -hmm. are actively recruiting for tryouts. We'll also have links associated with their tryout forms and their discords. Nice, and that'll be rolling into fall semester, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And I can say have about half the time, the captains will be able to make it to the tabling and answer any questions you may have. Cool. Nice, yeah, I don't I... But I guess for if you want to do varsity, then that's more within reaching out to the EAE department directly for their information, if you like yeah. Overwatch, Valorant, League of Legends. And I think they usually have posters. I, I've at least seen Overwatch varsity tryout posters around. I don't know about Valorant or the other ones. But usually if you're in like the EAE server, they, or maybe not the EAE server, but I, they're, I figure out about them as, eventually. As someone who's not in that kind of major scene, because yeah. I'm a chemistry major, um, I recommend checking out social media. They usually have information on there for these kinds of things because, like, I don't see any of this. I don't go into that right. building. Yeah. I, but the social media stuff, that gives you all the, the information, and it usually has a lot more context than a poster mm. does. But I think the best way is just simply talk to an EAE professor because that was how I got into the competitive scene. That was how I started participating more in Crimson Gaming was... I was taking EAE 1010, and my instructor was saying, oh, and by the way, the Halo team is conducting tryouts in four days. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> So I begged my mom to let me give me some money for an Xbox, so she allowed it. I got an Xbox One, Halo 5, two controllers, practiced. There you go. Despite the fact it was super scuffed, got in, <laughs> not sure how. But it was just simply hearing from that professor and to just talk with them a bit more. So yeah. usually these EAE professors know a bit more. Interesting. For sure. I, I don't know why I wouldn't... I didn't really think about reaching out to prefers because I guess I think of them more learning side. But yeah, they're involved in all of EAE stuff for sure. And then another thing following the U of U esports, um, for those that don't know, Doug Bowser was an alumni. And every once in a while he'll drop by on campus. And I've seen a couple of tweets from them of like, Look who decided to drop by. And I feel like that's the only way you really get to know if he's ever by, because he can be so random. But if you ever want to meet the head of, the president of Nintendo of America, I guess follow that and keep your eye out for that. I think one of my favorite things was uh, my D&D &D campaign has had a bunch of, you know, games and EAE majors in them. And one of the guys comes in and just high-pitched squeal. He's like, oh my gosh, I saw Doug Bowser. <laughs> and, and the other guy was like, no, because he missed him. <laughs> yeah, no, I did the same thing. 
I was like, because I work in the library, and I was in the middle of like a shift or a stream or something, and I saw that tweet, and I was like, oh, I wish I could just leave and go right down, but I'm in the middle of something. And so after my shift ended, I walked down. I had a class in there anyways, so I figured that he'd be gone. That shimmer of hope, and yeah, he was gone. But <laughs> it's cool that he drops by. I think that's sick. There's some really cool alumni that will come by. Yeah. Not just, obviously, president. Well, there's that, yeah. but there's also, like, you know, some Pixar people came from here, so sometimes you'll run into them. And yeah. Too. And then there's Chuck Gersh, who was one of the founders of Adobe, so it's mm-hmm. thanks to him and his alumni status that everyone at the University of Utah gets the Adobe suite for free. Oh, that's why we get that. That's nice. Huh. <laughs> I was curious about that, because I thought that was, like, a college thing, but I talked to my friends over in Cleveland. They're like, no, how in the hell did you get that? No, my mom worked directly under him when, while she was still pregnant with me in the 90s. Oh, wow, nice. But yeah, so props to him for giving us all. I mean, that's literally what we're using right now is Adobe Audition for this. So, cool. Um, anything else kind of concluding what is the Crimson Gaming segment? Anything else you guys want to chat out or talk about? We like games. If you like games, come join us. And you can play to any extent, be it casual, competitive. Just come and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the most vocal on Discord, I'd say, but I still hang. I try to at least talk a little bit, usually if there's like a Nintendo Direct or something or some big showcase. I don't. I used to be like just a lurker who doesn't. I, I, that's how I am on most yeah, servers. I'm usually I didn't a talk. Lurker. Now I'm like 17th most talkative on the server. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cool. Maybe one of these days I'll get out of my Discord shell. And eh, just just get in a VC with Michael. He'll bully you into it. <laughs> oh, let's go. Sweet. <laughs> I'll keep my eye out. Cool. Well, then going into our geek dive um, segment where we just kind of dive into a specific game or a specific gaming topic, um, I actually have a couple prompts that we can explore and kind of talk about. Unless if you guys have one that you want to get more specific into, we can. Um, one of my thoughts was just talk about some of the most popular games on Crimson Gaming or any that you guys are really passionate about. So, Obviously, Halo Infinite. I was going to say, so someone's going to be passionate about Halo, and I'm going to be passionate about D&D because that's where we are. I'm yeah. I'm uh, one of the presidency for the D&D stuff, so all the D&D stuff I handle, and you deal with all the Halo stuff. Yeah. So Halo and Mass Effect, though, are my twin babies, so to speak. Those are my passions. Yeah, and then I was saying, I'm also a big fan of the the Stardew Valley. It's a really small thing, and it's it surprisingly has a lot of messages in it for such a yeah. small little game. We just, you know, we'll chat about it from time to time. There's there's a group of us that'll try and play once a week. Oh, cool. Which is, is it online multiplayer? Yeah, you can play up to four Holy players shit. without any mods. Uh, and then I do know a mod that lets you play infinite players, though I do not recommend going above eight. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, just there's not very much room on the farm if you go above that many. Yeah. We had a episode about cozy games, and we talked at length. I still haven't hopped into Stardew Valley. I'm actually a big fan of cozy games in general. Chia, by the way, if you guys haven't played, very cozy. Have you very played uh, Littlewood? No, that's also on my list. It's also I really would, good. I, okay. I definitely 100% of that one in a weekend. Sometimes you just got to. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Stardew Valley is always... Just a classic, I feel like. Um, also, we I should have shouted this out earlier. We have a, our first episode of a D&D one-shot ep- uh, podcast episode um, called Poor Unfortunate Roles that should be coming out pretty soon. Um, and hopefully we will move that into a more common thing. So if you ever wanted to be a character on it, or anyone else from the D&D club, let me know. I'm interviewing someone tomorrow. Well, if you ever want to, just shout out in the Let's Find Games channel. It's always allowed. 
Uh, although, to be honest, I'm more of a DM at this point. I don't know if I remember how to be a player. I've been a DMing well, for so long. Props to you. D&D needs more DMs anyways. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's get into Halo Infinite. Because I... So I feel like me and a lot of other people played it for like the first couple months. We're really impressed with how it felt, how it played, and then dropped off due to a variety of things. So I'm curious how it's going now. <laughs> so Halo Infinite is definitely a unique type of game for right now, but what was even more interesting despite the delays is um, Zach at Killtastrophe, who is another captain for Halo Infinite, he engages with pros he's played pro level before and he's gone to i believe at least two different halo championship series events and competed Dang. so what was interesting was they shadow dropped multiplayer about a couple weeks before they dropped the actual campaign yeah. itself in december so you were seeing pros just already playing just before raleigh happened in 2021 yeah which um, that day when the multiplayer stealth dropped it was a it was a stealth drop right it was Multiplayer is absolutely free. Right. It was just a crazy day, I remember. Oh, it was absolutely nuts. Yeah. I was living on campus at the time, and I think I had, like, a shift or something. And I'm going to be honest. I think I called in because I had started playing. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I'm not a big Halo fan in general, but I started playing. I was like, there, there's something here. And yeah. so I called in my shift and kept playing for the rest of the night. I just remember that being such a cool, like, day and just experience. I mean, they dropped. They just dropped season three recently. They dropped it over spring break, and the season three is supposed to end around mid June. Okay. Assuming they stick to schedule, season two was elongated longer than it should have, and it definitely brought forth a lot of the issues that were present in the game. Okay. I think season two fixed it, and then their winter update just broke everything, oh, and it no. was so hard to play. But season three pretty much fixed everything. Cool. Um, the Mangler. <laughs> There's a couple um, weapons within Halo Infinite that are officially GA'd by players. It, Halo Championship Series just got rid of GAs, but players, wow. but pro players keep it because, right. I mean, there's still a level of respect established. Manglers, you can get away with just one shot, and then you BXR them. Just one oh, shot, yeah. one smack. Um, they, they, they rotated swords out of ranked two because, I mean, sword. It's a sword. It's a sword, yeah. But otherwise, I think Halo Infinite's just a, in a really interesting state right now. They're still experimenting with new things. I mean, they released the Bandit. That's like the their equivalent of the DMR that you've played oh, with yeah. on Halo Reach, Halo 4, Halo 5. I like the Bandit personally. It definitely is that weird mid-range weapon. Like, you have the BR, and then you have the AR, mm -hmm. and the Bandit is just like a nice in-between weapon. Interesting. I was always a BR person, so maybe, maybe I should hop yeah. in and check it out. Um, they re they de they're keeping a new map they released um, late last season, Argyle. Mm. Not the best map, but it's used for ca capture the flag. Okay. But it's just a very big map. The best way someone described it to me was it's like Narrows, that one Halo 3 map. It's okay. just very long. <laughs> Is it the desert one? No, Narrows no. was the bridge. Okay. I think I'm remembering this one. It's hard because I played it like so long ago. But otherwise, there's not really much else to describe Halo Infinite other than the fact it's, I think, on a comeback from what season two and all the drama with season two is. I mean, they're about to have their next um, event on the HCS map. They're gonna, mm -hmm. It's the Quadrant Online starting on April 22nd. They're going to be live streaming it. Nice. And then there will be the phase 
But what's interesting is that Halo Championship Series is actually coming to Salt Lake City in August. Wow. It'll be the Space Station Gaming Global Invitational on August 4th through August 6th. Because we, Space Station Gaming is our local esports organization, our local pro gamers. They're mm-hmm. based up in Layton. Isn't there a couple Crimson Gaming officers who left, who like graduated and are now working there? There's a few. Okay. I got in touch with one of them, but then he kind of ghosted me. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but no, um, Zach, aka Kiltastrophe, knows two of their pros on their team. Okay. The, the Halo roster they took on was formerly Cloud Nines, but Cloud Nine discontinued right. their contract in Space Station. It was like, we're going to pay you guys. Come out to Utah. Come out here. Nah, Space Station Gaming treats everyone well, nice. which explains why they have a really popular fan base. Yeah, I didn't know much about them until uh, my friend who was a part of the uh, Varsity Overwatch team was talking about them a little bit. And yeah, it's surprising to hear that there's such a big community for that in Salt Lake, I guess. I don't know why that's surprising to me. I mean, it was surprising to me, too. <laughs> yeah, it's Salt Lake, you I mean, know. I came from San Jose, California, one of the most populated places you could be at in the United mm-hmm. States of America. And I, the last thing I expected out in Salt Lake City is just this massive gaming community. Right? See, That's, the weird yeah. thing about Salt Lake City is we have a bit, we have, like, a community for just about everything. It's really weird because I'm from Salt Lake City. And yeah. so, like, when you're not from Utah, you hear, like, oh, it's going to be, you know, these same, like, three groups of people. And... Salt Lake City is very different from like a lot of the Utah assumptions because there's there's everything here. Yeah. There's a community if you need to find one. We, um, me and PR, who's our video producer at Geekwave, we actually went down to I think it's called Gamer Grid. It's a card, um, card game shop, and they were doing this huge Pokemon tournament and they have kids travel from all over the world to go try this, and it's like a couple thousand dollars on the line, and usually they have like. 40 or 50 kids show up for Pokemon card game. And I was like, I didn't know that this community existed. It's crazy to me. Just, yeah, Salt Lake is bigger than I think people realize. And I mean, Fanex, that's pretty much the largest Comic-Con in the state, if I'm guessing right. Yeah. It is now, yeah. Um, but, the other thing is, um, the like at like conventions and stuff, the Dungeons and & Dragons um, mm. and other TTRPG groups it's one of the bigger ones. Yeah. And uh, some of the DMs that run that have actually been, like, the official DMs that ran, like, the modules when they, like, write the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy who's in charge of it, if memory serves correctly, he's the reason that a very popular vampire managed to escape a epic raid. And oh. he is the reason that that vampire huh. has shown up in more than one thing. Gotcha. Well... I know that this is more video game, but let's talk about D&D for a little bit, especially since we just had a decent amount of D&D um, content from Geekwave. So you're kind of one of the executives. I don't know. So it's yeah. I'm currently the secu- secretary. We're okay. currently figuring out who's going to be president next year. Um, but so for right now, there's like three of us that are kind of just all running it together. Yeah. While we try to figure out who's going to be president and all that stuff. Um, and my big thing, though, is I'm the one who writes all the D&D raids. So yeah. any of those massive raid nights you've seen, like on, like there's a news story about it recently. Um, I'm one of the main writers for that. I, if I don't directly write it, I help make sure it gets written. So hmm. that's always fun. Disc- I'm not very familiar with D&D um, besides like an episode of Dimension 20 here and there. But what is a raid night? So, Raid Night is actually a thing that's just a, a University of Utah thing. What we do is we have 
a multiple tables. Everyone's all playing D&D together, and they're all doing one goal. So, for example, the one that we did last week was a massive event where they had to stop Tiamat from getting summoned. So, gotcha. So how many people? It's, it's like a big group of people all with their own character, like in a massive, basically. Yeah, so we had like 30 people at the last one. So cool. these are big events. How does... Now I'm just curious how that even works. Is it like, it's all one campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Does that at all get overwhelming or confusing? Is it no? Because like... like, so we have different DMs at different tables, and okay. so like, for example, my table will go, we'll go take on the monsters that are hidden in the storehouse, and then Preston, he he also does stuff with the D and D club. He'll he'll take his players, and they'll go into like the bathrooms and take on the monsters in there, and then we'll all come together for one big boss fight. That's insane i didn't know that this was this is a really cool idea and it's only university of utah based currently that's the only one that i know of that does it wow that's so clever huh is there any other so you guys do raid nights um is that usually what you guys end up doing lately uh that's what most of the D D club stuff does but like cg does their own stuff and there's a bunch of different fun things with that yeah gotcha cool um I'm curious now you got me thinking about D&D because it's something that I've always wanted to try personally. Um, just haven't really, and obviously probably D&D Club is perfect for someone like me who wants to. Luckily, the CG server has a lovely part for the Dungeons and Dragons Club. Yeah. And in there, there's a section called LFG, which is Let's Find Games. And people like me will be like, hey, I'm looking for players for this game. And if you're a little anxious and you know, that just, just messaging someone who sounds really big and intimidating, the good news is we have a massive event where we just find where people can find games and stuff and you can be like, oh yes, this one works with my time. I'm gonna go <laughs> talk to this person before I start thinking about it too much. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any other like tips and tricks for people trying to get into D and D, not just with Crimson Gaming, but just in general? Just look around and I mean DMing is always a good way to find players. It's always easier to find players than it is to find a DM. That's what I found. Interesting. I didn't know that. And I feel like a lot of people are a little bit, what's the word? Um, like DMing can be a bit It's It's not as bad as you think. You okay. don't need to be Matt Mercer. You don't need to do all <laughs> these crazy voices. Literally, just look up a module and run it. It's a lot easier than you think. And the thing is, usually they'll give you the numbers if you don't feel comfortable rolling the die or trying to figure out specific things. Hmm. D&D, like the DM stat blocks are so much easier than the player ones. Interesting. I wouldn't think of that, to be honest. The, the reason DMing is hard is there's a lot of things to manage. And everyone has their own different way that they do it. Like, for example, some people get like a piece of pa- scratch paper and they write down all the numbers. I like to use an Excel sheet. Yeah, that's probably what I would do, too. Interesting. So how do you come up with, like, you said you've come up with, like, raid stories as well. How do you go about that? I'm just uh, one of those people that just, you know, sometimes I think about things and I'm just like, this will be a fun idea, and just, I write it. Wow. <laughs> you don't have to do that. I'm kind of crazy. Yeah. Is it just also, like, knowledge of d and I do need to go. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I just, not just that. I, I'm a big fan of, like, myths and stuff. So okay. just reading myths or... Honestly, literally any pop culture. I know one of my friends does exclusively like Monster Hunter. Oh, it's just really? straight up Monster Hunter, just reflavored. Huh. Cool. Well, thank you. Cool. See you cool. later, Becca. See ya. Thanks again. Cool. No, here's what we'll do. Because I have been interested in playing Mass Effect, and that's apparently your thing. Uh, I own the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, got halfway through one, and then got distracted. But let's go into Mass Effect because it's a, it's a series 
and it's a trilogy that's like world I guess yeah world renowned of like one of the best not only like games but just like sci-fi worlds in general it definitely broke through as like the true RPG like you're Commander Shepard you can either be male or female you can select different classes so you could be a soldier that means you can have all this powerful armor use all these weapons or you could be a biotic you mm-hmm. can wield dark matter at the tips of your fingers or you can be an engineer you can just hack things with your omni tool you, huh. And you can do anything, you can make choices. And when you hear Paragon and Renegade, that's just mostly within the fan base of, are you going to be like a saint? Are you going to be nice? Are you going to be kind? Are you going to like think of others? Are you going to be Renegade where it's like, nah, forget everyone. This is all about me. Yeah. Me. I'm going to go <laughs> around, do whatever I want. I don't care about anyone else. Interesting. I've I've always had like choose your own adventure games. I guess and Mass Effect's kind of like that. I it guess it kind of is. Okay. Like I tell people, Mass Effect is not for the faint of heart. Like this right. is the completionist dream game because it's gonna punish you the huh. further you go. And that's one of the biggest things that kind of got me about Mass Effect Two is that the game punishes you if you don't complete everything in a timely manner. And it hmm. also reflects on the ending and whether or not all what you did there goes over to Mass Effect 3 to pretty much finish the fight. Interesting. So ne- Mass Effect 2 is my least favorite game out of the trilogy. It is Okay, that's a hot take, but everything I've heard is 2 is the best and you should skip 1 to play 2 if necessary. No, they're lying. No, they're lying to you. They're absolutely lying okay. to you. It could just be the 90-10 principle and people focus on the 10%, but no, Mass Maybe. Effect 2... Big yawn, big what's yawn. Up? Well, what's up with it? Like, just the story didn't work for you, or so, like? I think pe- people do definitely play Mass Effect for the story. Okay. I think Mass Effect Two did a reasonably good job of letting us to get to know these characters that we've valued from mm-hmm. Mass Effect One. I just think it fell short. Like, I'm not gonna say like any spoilers unless you don't care about that. But like the way yeah, Mass Effect Two opened was like a big deus ex machina type mechanic that was just unneeded and it just took away everything that pretty much Mass Effect 1 set in stone. Like Mass Effect 3 was good. Mm -hmm. It was good. But Mass Effect 2 set it up for failure pretty much. Because it was stuck on the narrative that was established by Mass Effect 2. This is interesting because I've, so, you know, very very inexperienced with the series, played through 1, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't feel like it aged too well but i also think i was mass effect one i could go back to mass effect one or mass effect andromeda i could just sit there on my couch or in my bed or in my desk yeah. chair and i could just play it for hours and Dang. not really have to think anything. i feel like i need to give it another chance i don't think i was in the right headspace for it or something yeah no mass effect one I don't know. The funny thing is what got me into Mass Effect was I was introduced this ranking video of video game romances because I was still in my Skyrim high at the time. Oh, gotcha. And Garrus Vakirin was at the top. I'm like, I like this guy. So I just worked my butt off to get through Mass Effect 1 quickly. I got to Mass Effect 2, initiated the romance, realized, man, I hate Mass Effect 2. When the Mass Effect 3 got into like the climaxes of the romances and pretty much finished the game and it was great like the romances i think were well written and that is pretty much one of the biggest reasons playing mass effect is they get these role play romance with all these different yeah. characters but garris vicarian and tally zoravas normandy or vasnima i'd say are the most popular romances some okay. people like kaden malenko some people like ash williams Kaden's some people like boring Liara. as hell though Kaden. Sorry, every time I saw I, that he was a romance thing, the, I was like, what the? What are you talking about? The only reason I romanced Kaden in the first game was for an achievement. Really? Only for and the did achievement. did you have to like, go back on the save, or did you just stick with it? 
I just I don't know how it I just works. stuck with it because it also influences dialogue in the future games. Oh, okay. Because I know with like Persona Five, for example, that's another game where you can romance different characters. If you try to romance multiple, they'll confront you at the end. Oh, they Witcher do that. Three does. This. Okay, they do that gotcha. for you, Mass Effect Two. That's smart. <laughs> like. A friend showed me this clip of what happens if you tried to romance Garrus Vicarian if you've already kind of initiated with someone else. Like, let's say Thane Krios. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take part in this love triangle you have, <laughs> to say it bluntly. <laughs> oh, that's good. Because I, I actually just learned about this. Uh, in The Witcher 3, it's a similar boat where if you try to romance both, and of course they're sorcerers, so it's like, what did you expect? But they'll like, they'll like start messing with you a little bit, and it's whatever. Probably not something I'll mention mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they like completely like curse you and rope you to the bag and bed and you have to sit there for like three days and dandelion saves you which is very awkward i'm not sure if you know about this but they expanded the mass effect lore with some novels and some comics yeah. and an animated feature film i mean no but the film oh huh. it's, it's a good one um yeah. it's mass effect paragon lost it's set um I, my brain You're froze. Good. I watched it just last week to celebrate me finishing Mass Effect 2 on stream. Nice. It's basically, it happens just around the time of Mass Effect 2. You're introduced to James Vega, who is one of your squad mates in Mass Effect 3. Okay. And this is him detailing what happened on with his time on Fell Prime, essentially. This is okay. his backstory yeah. of what happened and with the collector data. Interesting. It's actually yeah. pretty good. I've, I think it went by. I think the narrative was pushed a little too fast, but it's okay. enjoyable. Good. And if I went up against that hunter enemy they introduced in that film in Mass Effect Two, I would have just yeeted Mass Effect Two off Big Sur into the Pacific Yikes. Ocean and say, "You are not worth my time. <laughs> Absolutely not." Wow, I'm, I really <laughs> want to hop into Mass Effect. Like, Dang, no, I Mass wish Effect. I had time. Mass Effect 1 is my favorite, but it's also because my favorite character only fe- is only featured in that game. Gotcha. It's weird. People think when I tell them that Saren Arturius, the antagonist, oh, yeah. so to speak, of Mass Effect 1 is my favorite character, but the, he just has so many layers about him that just turns him into a tragic anti-hero. Yeah. And once you read the Revelation novel, hmm. which is about him, Anderson, and Kaylee Sanders pretty mm-hmm. much just after the first contact war and you read the revelation comic which you get appear into younger Saren, um his older brother and introduction to who would who the man who would eventually become the elusive man in mass effect two and three gotcha. so you just kind of get to know him a little bit more interesting okay <laughs> i could go on about yeah. each of these characters but you don't have time for that probably not no worries <laughs> But I am curious, as a big Mass Effect fan, there have been tons of... I think there's actually a full con- confirmation of a new Mass Effect game coming out. Yeah, I, I hear tits of it, but I yeah. don't... But I there there might have been like a company. CGI trailer two years ago, and now it's in development Yeah, hell, that had cause... Liara on it. And yes. I just told And I just told my dad, because I got him to play, was if they're making another game with Commander Shepard, I'm done. Shepard's saga ended in Mass Effect 3 with, yeah. the, with that whole thing that I'm not going to mention because spoilers, <laughs> spoilers yeah. but I'm sure people are smart enough to look it up but that's pretty much where Shepard's Saga okay. ended I would have loved to see a continuation of Mass Effect Andromeda like Liara's young enough to where she okay. would live through that 642 light year journey yeah. or so to Helios so is Andromeda with Captain Shepard up 
not no. aware. Okay. You pretty much have fresh characters with the exception of Avena. Okay. Um, the arcs take off sometime around Mass Effect 2. Mm. So pretty much when all that's happening, Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, you are asleep in cryostasis for about 600 years, pretty much being pioneers to the Andromeda galaxy. Okay. No, like Mass Effect Andromeda was great. I just still huh. don't know why people give it grief. Like I understand all the bugs and stuff, but I mean, they went through a lot of drama behind the scenes, which resulted in three producers getting cycled and fired. Yikes. They closed one of their facilities in Canada. Yeah. And like, I mean, EA, they forced them to pretty much have their um, launch day compete with the Legend of Zelda game, and you and I both know which game <laughs> is going to sell the most. It's the Breath of the Wild, not yes. Massive End Andromeda. <laughs> well, it also, it's the same thing that happened with Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, Forbidden West, and it even happened today. I don't know if you saw, there's a DLC expansion happening for Horizon Forbidden West. and Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, the, the first trailer for it came out today. Two hours before the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom trailer. I don't know who markets this game, but they set it up because it's not a bad game. That's the way, like, it, it's it's really polished and it's really good. Y- just like if it, when the third one comes out, which is going to be interesting because of Lance Reddick's passing, rest in peace, just put it out with nothing else so that it gets the love and treatment it deserves. But I mean, I could be devil's advocate and say Nintendo waits for everyone else to have their launch date so that way they can set theirs up to come. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> they have been but waiting. No. I guess, no. Tears of the Kingdom, they announced their release date pretty advanced, but lately they've been waiting until like two months before the game to actually announce their release date, which is crazy to me. Like with Mass Effect Andromeda, they took the mechanics of each of the three games that made them great and they put them in one game. And for people that hate on Mass Effect Andromeda, you have to remember how Mass Effect 1 started. It pretty much started the almost exact same way. Hmm. You you meet your squad mates, yep. you have you you take ownership of a of your own starship, you're exploring, you're yeah. you're trying to establish colonies, or in this case with Mass Effect 1, you're just looking for evidence to find Saren. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm amazed that people forget how Mass Effect 1 started out. You can't just yeah. trash on this fresh game because you've forgotten how they started out with this first game, yeah. unless history repeats itself. I've heard of a pretty interesting, almost like redemption arc for Andromeda, where I think people were comparing it to the original trilogy and the feelings that they felt for that. And when Andromeda didn't live up to that, not to mention all the technical issues, they acted like it was trash, but I've heard a lot of people being like, looking back, like, I don't think it was actually that bad. I don't know. Maybe, like I said, I haven't played any of those, so. But I will also say this, in that Mass Effect Andromeda is not for the faint of heart. Like, it's not really going to punish you if you don't complete everything, but Bioware got bold with Mass Effect Andromeda. Huh. Like, with, like, you, like, people come to Mass Effect to romances, but... Bioware definitely took some creative liberties, so to speak. So I've you, seen some clips. Yes. You see way more than you think you do for three of those romances, which yeah. flabbergasted me. And when my dad told me about them because he romanced one of them, I just that's looked at an him and said, I never want to hear this from you ever <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a fun conversation to have. Oh. But he goes back and plays Mass Effect Andromeda more because he says out of all those four games, Andromeda was his favorite. Wow, that's interesting. And this is a guy that's pretty much gone through all those old 90s computer games also. Oh, like yeah. Quake. Though he does, he did say he's not a fan of Doom, but like Marathon. I think, 
I'm a huge fan of the more recent Dooms, and I've tried hopping back to the old ones, and I know that they were revolutionary for their time. You just man. said, like, for the first Doom game, their narrative is set on forcing jump scares. Like, their narrative yep. is just jump scares, and it's like, that's not much of a game. It, I guess if you want jump scares, you just play Five Nights at Freddy's. Right. It's also just, like, it's supposed to, it, it didn't know what it wanted to do, but for the time, of course, like, no one, this is, like, pretty much the first first-person shooter, you know, so it was revolutionary, but also, like, yeah, relying on jump scares in a game where one shotgun shell will take care of them. Like, this isn't a dead space where whenever there is a jump scare, you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to fight this guy for the next five minutes, you know? I mean, this is interesting that pe- not many people may know was that Marathon was pretty much the game that introduced the vertical axes and first-person shoes for the 90s. Really? But this was also Bungie's baby. So pretty much Marathon's child was Halo. Like, it was, they created Marathon first, and then they created Halo. Really? Why was Halo more successful? I guess like I guess it was also because of the contract they had with Microsoft because oh, they okay. were cur- they were creating the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So they set up a contract with Bungie for yeah. hey, we're going to pretty much bundle all these together for like the next few years or so. Hmm. I can't remember when exactly their contract expired, but I believe yeah. it was just after Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST. I, but I'm not I don't remember that who off made the top Halo of my head. 4. I know Halo 5 was different. Yeah, Halo 4 was what introduced their own 343 industry. 343, okay. And then How Halo do you 5. feel 343 is done with Halo compared to Bungie, I guess? I think they had something going in Halo 4, okay. but then Halo 5, I don't even know what happened. Like, Halo 4 set up this nice, yeah. interesting arc they had with the return of the Forerunners with the Dida, like that. That was an interesting starting point for this potential new arc. Like, the Covenant was already finished. The Flood mm-hmm. was already finished, so to speak. So with the return of these maybe forerunners, like what happened with Dai being in stasis, I'm like, okay, this is cool. Halo 5, Guardians, Cortana, like, yeah, what? And Fireteam Osiris, what are you doing? So, what, what happened to the campaign right here? And yeah. Like, Halo Infinite, I think, definitely did try its best to, con- to redeem those writing mistakes. Campaign's fun, but I think... The mechanics itself was more fun, enjoyable than the story that they were trying mm-hmm. to tell with campaign. I mean, you it could just like Skyrim it. your way around the open world with a grapple, and it's great. Yes, I loved doing that. I just loved experimenting. I don't think I've finished it, um, but I loved experimenting in that whole sandbox world, especially with the grapple hook. I've used that so hard. <laughs> Interesting. I'm curious to see how 343 continues on, or if they... I've heard that... People want them to just hand it off to id uh, software, the creators of the new Doom and stuff, or even Activision with Call of Duty, because uh, Microsoft will own that soon. So I mean, they're currently in their thing where pretty much they're hiring contractors and they're pretty much laying them off just as their contract mm-hmm. ends. But at that point, you need like 18 months to get to know a programming software. And just as when you figure it out and you think you have it, nope, yeah. you're out. We're bringing this new person. Good luck trying to figure it out, which yeah. I think has contributed to all these issues that Halo Infinite's been having. Like, my game still crashes. Yikes. And that doesn't help with ranked. Ranked mm-hmm. is super sweaty in Halo Infinite. And if you crash, it'll count you as you just quit your game out of rage, and it's going to punish you on your rank. Yeah. I... So pretty much the game has just become punishing, and... The unfortunate thing is, is they're trying to force uh, 50-50 win scenarios, so you win half of your matches, and if you lose half of your matches, so I'm thinking to myself, if I wanted to gamble on my wins, why not just make put take this game and put it to Vegas? Yeah. Just if I'm just gonna be gambling my rank here, it's not at this point. It's not really much skill as much as it is luck. Yeah, that's weird. It's dumb. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it. And 
I don't know, looking, you know, with this huge rise of, and basically at this point we can say rise and fall of live service games, canceling left and right. Do you think Halo, and what do you think of the future of Halo Infinite, I guess? I, do, I don't think there's enough information really to okay. give a conclusion. But I gotcha. Like like live gaming, it kind of ma- it reminds me of Anthem, which was Bioware's baby, but that was, unfortunately was ahead of its time. And then Destiny Two or Destiny just picked up the pieces of what it was. But I think I might go back to Anthem since, and try it again since the mm-hmm. servers are still up. And that oh, was something are. I still play with Dad. Yeah, it huh. was it was good. It was fun. No, I every time I saw like a gameplay snippet of it, it looked fun. And I think it's you know now it's selling for like a dollar at most i feel yeah, like yeah but they they stop support of it so if you're having problems okay. with the game uh yeah good luck with that yeah it's tough it still looks like the gameplay at least is fun it if is it's else. a lot of fun i mean you're literally like an iron man mech flying around like yeah. it can't be cooler than that i feel like yeah i felt i think at the time they were trying to do too much of what they were capable of yeah. And they had just come out of what EA deemed as the flopped of Mass Effect Andromeda, so this was like the redemption, so to speak. Okay. Interesting. And I think they redeemed themselves well, but, I mean, we're talking about EA here. They're not yeah. going to give them that much time. Which, at least EA is a little better now. Yeah. I guess to kind of tangent back with Bioware and Mass Effect, that's a fun yeah. thing. If you go to this park in Santa Clara, California, which is called California's Great America, they have a Mass Effect movie ride, a 40-ride really? experience. Holy, wow. I I think about it. The <laughs> last time I rode it was when I visited my parents last summer out there. I still miss it. Really? I didn't know this was a thing. It opened in 2016, and I graduated from high school that year, and my mom flipped the tables when she realized I was not getting a senior ditch day so she took me out of school and like this is your senior ditch day we're you're gonna be the first on that ride I'm never gonna forget that day Uh, it was so fun yeah they definitely give you the 4d experience like the 3d glasses they they pretty much stimulate your touch your Mm -hmm. smell that whole and your hearing like it's all surround sound and they have an actor that's there with you which is hilarious like like actually almost like role-playing I guess oh that's sick that, but unfortunately, the the park itself is going to project it to close within the next mm. 10 years. What park is, is it? Like a Mass Effect park? or like? Yeah, how so does it... California's Great America is a staple within Silicon Valley. It is oh. this massive amusement park. Hmm. But the 4D ride is just a part of it. There was yeah. a SpongeBob one there a while ago and then a Star Trek, but then they eventually resurrected it for Mass Effect. Interesting. And this was in 2016? Yep, is that when Mass Effect Andromeda was about to come out? And when did that come came out, out 2017? in 2017. Okay, so maybe like a market. I'm just trying to figure maybe out how that so. works, like a marketing thing. But Interesting. No, anytime you're in California, you got it. Northern California, you got to ride it. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Hopefully, by then I'll have experience through the whole trilogy. Maybe not. Good news is you don't we'll really need a competent okay. understanding of Mass Effect. You're just there to kind of enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the experience. It's crazy to me that like the 4D technology is even a like theaters and cinema like you can apparently watch the mario movie and like a 40x thing and like i've heard it's actually not half bad the mario kart part specifically <laughs> but i can't imagine doing that for two hours too it's a little weird but cool well thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us uh, me today um well thank you for having us on yeah for sure and thank you everyone for listening um if you'd like to be on the podcast remember to email me at j.dayusunmedia.com you can also just dm me on discord that's awesomejacks9821 i'm in pretty much every 
Discord the University of Utah has to offer, I feel like. Uh, definitely had to tone down those notification settings. Um, but yeah, and then feel free once again to leave a review, comment, subscribe, and we will see you guys next time.